0: Stay tuned for the next 30 minutes of inspiring music, challenging stories, and a Bible study. Listen now as the Altoona Bible Church Choir opens our broadcast this morning with a song entitled, Carry Me With I Need Thee Every Hour. Abraham Lincoln always insisted on facts. One day a committee called on him, setting forth a matter of public concern. Their case was built largely on suppositions. After listening for a while, Lincoln asked, how many legs would a sheep have if you called its tail a leg? As he expected, they promptly answered, five. No, said Lincoln, it wouldn't. It would still only have four Calling a tail a leg does not make it one, and Lincoln was right. Giving something a name doesn't change its character, yet we are often guilty of trying to do that very same thing. We seem to think that by calling a falsehood a white lie, it is no longer a lie. When we repeat a juicy bit of information about someone, we rationalize that it's really not gossip if we present the facts without any embellishment or exaggeration. When a person falls into a bad habit, he reasons that if he calls it a shortcoming, it's not a sin. All such suppositions are false. The most tragic mistake of all is made by the person who thinks that by calling himself a Christian, he makes himself one. Such a superficial approach will never change his basic sinful nature. You may call yourself a Christian, may even join a church, go through a variety of religious exercises, but the only way to be saved from the penalty of sin is through rebirth. Have you ever admitted before God that you are a sinner with nothing good in yourself? Have you trusted the Lord Jesus Christ for your salvation? If not, why not do it today? You do not have to wait until you go to church to do it. You could do it now, wherever you are then you can say that you're a Christian and the name will mean everything because the Lord Jesus Christ has done everything. Listen now as Larry Grable sings for us his beautiful song entitled, All of Me.
1: one fee only that thy saving blood was shed for me all of me through the ages yet to be I surrender Lord to thee I surrender or small, let me fill it gladly. Take my life, be it poor, shed for me. All of me, through the ages yet to be, I surrender, Lord, to Thee. I surrender
0: You are listening during the morning, which is presented each Sunday at the same time by the Altoona Bible Church. We begin with our Sunday school hour at 9.30. Then at 10.45, we all gather in the main auditorium for morning worship service. We invite you to listen to or watch our church services. Our services are on Facebook at Sunday at 11 o'clock and 7 p.m. and Wednesday night at 7.15 p.m. We invite you to visit our website at www.altunaBible.org. Also, we're on the Johnstown and Altoona Access Channels 9 and 14. And there are services available on the local radio stations on Sunday at 11 o'clock, 12 noon, and 7 p.m. If you have any questions concerning our church services, please call the church office at area code 814-942-2131. Listen now as Jesse Nagel plays for us in the flute this lovely song, Day by Day. For many years, Ms. Marion Tucker occupied an impressive residence in a sedate neighborhood on New York's Fifth Avenue. One summer when she was getting ready to close the house for an extended trip, a distinguished looking man called on her. He introduced himself as a representative of the company which ensured Ms. Tucker's extensive art collection. We're interested in how you protect your art treasure against thieves while the house is vacant, he said. As you have probably guessed, the man was a crook. Working in cahoots with a minor official of the insurance company, he would inspect the house, examine the locks, doors, and burglar alarms, and even get the owner to point out what was worth stealing. Miss Tucker took him on a tour of inspection and when it was over the distinguished man suggested that before she left she made certain that deliveries of milk and newspapers were stopped such articles he said piling up on the front doorsteps are an invitation to any thief who happens by I'd also advise you not to pull the window shades down Drawn window shades are responsible for a considerable percentage of all robberies. The afternoon after Miss Tucker left town, the distinguished man broke into her house, pulled down the shades, and wrapped half a dozen of her finest art objects in a neat bundle. As he let himself out the front door, he stepped into the arms of a couple of policemen. "'I'll go quietly,' he assured them. "'I abhor violence.' But would you be good enough to tell me how on earth you knew that I was there? One of the policemen pointed to the lower blinds. On each one printed in bold white letters against a dark green background were the words, Burglar, inside. The man was a clever thief, but Miss Tucker was even more clever. You may think you have figured things out pretty well and that you're getting away with many things as you go through life. But there's a fact that you have failed to take in consideration. You cannot fool God. He is looking on you and he knows even the thoughts and the intents of your heart. There's a wonderful part to this truth and that is God also looking on those who are his children and he watches them in love and cares for them. Listen now to the words of this song as John and Penny Harris sing, I go to the rock. Once again, this Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, our doors will be open here at the Altoona Bible Church. Time now for our Bible study portion for our broadcast. And this morning, the topic of our Bible study is the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, His teachings during His earthly ministry, the parable of the Pharisee and the publican. Luke chapter number 18, verses 9 through verse 14. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote on his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other, for everyone that exalts himself shall be abased, and he that humbles himself shall be exalted. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the Jewish temple. The two were a Pharisee and the publican. The Pharisee was a Jew who was self-righteous. The publican was a Jew who was a tax collector. The Pharisee. What the Pharisee had bragged about. That he was not like other men. That he was not an extortioner. He was not unjust and adulterer. He was not even like this publican. Look what he did. I fast twice a week and I paid tithes of all that I possess. The publican. Tax collectors who were despised and hated. The publican, standing afar off, would not even lift his eyes to heaven, but smote on his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. We'll be coming back to those words of the publican, Be merciful to me, a sinner. Who do you think was justified, the Pharisee or the publican? On the surface, you might answer, the Pharisee, look what he did. He fasted, he tithed. The Lord Jesus Christ said to the public and went to his house justified other, rather than the self-righteous Pharisee. Why? Because everyone that exalts himself shall be abased, and he that humbles himself shall be exalted. How did the Pharisee exalt himself? Look at what he did. Look at what I did. Luke chapter 7 verse 30 But the Pharisees And the lawyers reject the counsel of God against themselves, being not baptized of him. If the Pharisees were a part of the religious class in the nation of Israel, why did they reject John's baptism? By rejecting John's water baptism, they were rejecting the counsel of God against themselves. Why? Why did they reject this baptism? They rejected John and his water baptism because they knew what water symbolized. It was a cleansing. And in John's baptism, they were baptized in the Jordan River confessing their sins. Matthew chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan and were baptized of him in Jordan confessing their sins. Very simply... The Pharisees rejected John's water baptism because they did not believe that they themselves were sinners. So they did not need to, nor did they want to submit to John's water baptism. How did the publican humble himself? He stood afar off. He would not even lift his eyes toward heaven. And he said to God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Thou concerning the prayer of the publican, God be merciful to me, a sinner. The publican was not simply asking God to be merciful to him. Most likely this was his prayer following the offering of his sacrifice. His prayers that God would accept his offering and be propitiated toward him. Some evangelists or pastors have used this and described this as the sinner's prayer. They say that when you're going to trust the Lord Jesus Christ, your Savior, pray this prayer and end it with the name of Jesus or save me in Jesus' name. Is the sinner's prayer today, is the prayer of what the publican prayed, is that for us today in the dispensation of God's grace? Should believers be praying these exact words, God, be merciful to me, a sinner? And what does the word of God say? We need to understand the word of God and we need to rightly divide the word of truth. The verb merciful is a verb that only appears here in Luke 8.13 and Hebrews 2.17 where it is translated reconciliation. The noun of the word merciful appears in Romans 3.25 where it's translated propitiation and Hebrews 9.5 where it is translated mercy seat. Both in the tabernacle and the wilderness and the temple in Jerusalem, the mercy seat was located in the Holy of Holies. Exodus chapter 25, verse 21. And thou shalt put the mercy seat above the ark. And in the ark thou shalt put the testimony that I shall give thee. In the ark was a testimony. Three articles to testify of Israel's rebellion. The three articles were the golden pot, Aaron's rod that butted in the tables of the law the mercy seat was the lid or the cover to the ark of the covenant it was made of solid gold with a figure of the cherubims looking down at the mercy seat and this is where the blood was applied on the day of atonement Romans chapter 3 verse 25 whom God has sent forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. God has already extended His mercy and His grace. Salvation is possible through the shedding of the Lord Jesus Christ's blood, through His death, through His burial and resurrection. We would not be praying to God and asking Him to send His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die for our sins. He already has died for us. The prayer of the publican is not the sinner's prayer in the dispensation of God's grace. We could not pray this prayer today and be in the will of God. He was praying it before the cross. We're in the dispensation of grace after the cross. Remember these three key words. Propitiation, that's toward God. The righteous demands of a holy God have been met. Reconciliation goes toward man. And redemption goes toward sin. I hope you understand this. This parable is so important to understand. If you have any questions concerning our study on the life of Christ or any biblical questions that you would like answered during a Wednesday night Bible study, ask the pastor. Please call the church office at Area Code eight one four nine four two twenty one thirty one or email Pastor Stewart at Altuna Bible at bible dot org. Believers, we need to keep studying, we need to keep reading, we need to keep rightly dividing the word of truth. If you've never trusted the Lord Jesus Christ, Romans 3 tells us that we're justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Won't you right now, right where you're at, before it is eternally too late, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved.